0: Hey, friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Hey, guys, welcome back to the conversation. All right, I've already heard from some of you who listened to last week's episode, first episode of season five with Molly DeFrank on how to embrace and do a digital detox. Some of you were freaking out and you were DMing me on Instagram and Facebook, I get it. It sounds so scary, but listen, I promise you guys, it's not. It's one of the best decisions I made. If you wanna reset your family, have a healthier family, healthier children, get them off the screens, even you yourself to just know you need a reset. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen. This whole month, we are focusing on navigating the challenges that parents are facing. You know, we passed through outside of DC and we saw post-COVID, just the effects of all that that took on our parents on our teachers on grandparents and i wanted to launch this season with practical helpful tools so whether you're a parent or Whether you're a grandparent, a teacher, you just know someone who is and you wanna grow yourself, you're gonna love each one of these episodes this month. Today's guest has served millions of parents through encouragement and guidance to know what matters most when raising sons. And as a boy mom myself, I am so grateful for Monica Swanson's wisdom. I actually told her when I was talking with her, okay, I really wish I had your book about 15 or 16 years ago. My son is now 22 too but it's such a great book and resource and she is a wealth of wisdom so whether you're a parent or grandparent, or a mentor of the next generation, you're gonna love this conversation. So Monica and her husband, Dave, raise boys and tropical fruit on the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii. She's homeschooled their four sons and two are in Southern California, one in college and one just graduated, so she gets it at every age. Monica is the author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You and she's the host of the Boy Mom podcast. She's been blogging for over 10 years and she's encouraged over 10 million visitors to her website with articles on parenting and family, on healthy living and mostly healthy recipes. (laughs) And her sons are all surfers, we talk about that. Her 18-year-old son serves professionally and she loves to connect with women all over the world through the crazy gift of the internet. And speaking of connecting all over the world, through this gift, I started graduate school and I'm taking classes right from the comfort of my own home. I will say it's not comfortable, it's challenging. I'm three weeks in and although it's definitely hard work, I am already learning and growing so much. And as some of you may know, my personal ministry journey has gone places I would have never have imagined, from worship leading and singing opportunities, to pastoring a church with my husband, and even writing devotionals and Bible studies. And God God has taken me down an amazing path in service to Him. And most recently, the Lord told me to go back to school at the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. I specifically felt led to their Masters of Leadership and Ministry program, and I have to tell you, the experience has already been life-changing. The MLM is a 36-credit degree designed to equip ministers to become lifelong learners, developing models of professional and personal growth that will have an enormous impact on your practical ministry in your church, your nonprofit, wherever you lead. It's only $250 a credit hour and the program is extremely affordable for a graduate degree. And the format can be completed either in person. I went out to Missouri and took a hybrid class, was out there for a few days because my parents live there. You don't have to do that. You can actually do all of it online to accommodate your personal situation. I'm currently taking theological research and writing, which I've loved. It's already stretching me to write in new ways to become a better writer and to steward the gift of writing and telling God's redemptive story The best that I possibly can. I'm also taking a missiology course called A Pentecostal Church for a Diverse Culture, and I'm absolutely loving it. So I want to encourage you to check it out. Learn more about how this amazing degree can grow your ministry. So go to agts.edu forward slash MLM. And I'm going to put that in my show notes. And now let's talk about what your son needs most with Monica Swanson. I'm so glad you're joining our conversation. So welcome, Monica. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I lived in Maui, but it's been a long time since I've been mm. to Hawaii. So I would love catching up and just hearing about your family. Mm. And I feel like I totally know you just because I've read your book, Boy Mom. Mm. So great. I've, I've listened to your podcast and I imagine some of our listeners probably have also come across either one of your articles um Or, or your book, and you shared how this book grew out of really your own personal experience and raising your sons and blogging. And then you saw this need that mom have for what matters most in raising mm-hmm. sons. So I had a son, now I have a son, Christian. But I was the oldest of three girls. And I remember, Monica, Mm -hmm. when I had him, I thought, oh, my word, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. You know, I remember thinking, I don't know how to do this. And now my son's an adult. But I was wishing as I was reading your book, "Wow, I wish I'd had this even when he was Uh, younger. But it was so great to think back. Yeah. You know, just the guidance of the Lord to give us so many Mm. um you know, characteristics, and it's really these 14 Mm -hmm. amazing ways that we can invest in our kids. And at any age, I've learned that we need to be a student of our children, that Mm -hmm. no two are the same, and that what they might need from us changes at every stage. So I'm learning to be a student of my children now, my daughter who's older, and Mm -hmm. my son and what they need from me. So I just want to dive in and talk about how this came out of your own feelings and experience and the need to create a loving and encouraging environment in your own home.
1: Right. Yes. Well, definitely. Um, I look back and think of the first years of raising my boys and, you know, we had, my husband and I are both from the Pacific Northwest. So I'm from South of Seattle. My husband's from Oregon. Um, But we moved to Hawaii for my husband's medical residency program. And by then we had one baby and quickly had two more sons while he was still in residency. And so I was mostly alone. Uh, I didn't have family, any mm. close friends. It's really hard to make new friends in a new place when you've got a bunch of little boys. Yeah, And so I felt pretty lonely and kind of feel like I went through the school of hard knocks as far as just l- having to navigate and learn on my own, uh, there were some years that I really struggled and I I would have never believed back then that now I would be writing and speaking and sharing on the topic of raising boys because it was really my biggest struggle. Mm. Um, but it was through that and through crying out to the Lord and just asking, you know, him to help lead me to the resources and the people and, you know, the prayer teams that I might run to, which I did. I mean, I have memories of, Of a a Friday night, my husband getting home from work and I just took off and said, I I know there's a prayer meeting somewhere. I'm going to go find it. And so beating around uh, Oahu
0: looking for the prayer sign. I love it. That's
1: right. Yes. But there, there was some breakthroughs through that. And so, uh, so as I grew and as I trusted God to lead me, things started to change dramatically, Mm -hmm. change in my kids, change in myself, change in my marriage and you know, first step then was we started homeschooling, which I never would have imagined doing. Mm. And we started to enjoy it. And pretty soon we're like, you know what? Things were going so well. We decided to have one more child and thought, maybe that would be a girl, but we got the fourth son. (laughs) And, um, and so, yeah, eventually I felt like, you know, God's been so good to me and taught me so much. I I just started blogging and sharing just a little bit here and there. And and one thing led to another. And as I realized I was not the only one, there's a whole lot of moms and dads out there who just Mm -hmm. really want that support, who want to be told that we really can still raise great kids. I think there's a lot of messages right now. If you look around at culture, at social media, it can be really daunting and you can be really overwhelmed and say, is it even possible to raise up a child today who loves God and who loves his parents? And so I just, it's my joy to encourage people and say, yes, it is. I've done it. I'm doing it. It's not easy, but it's the greatest joy. Uh, Third John verse four that says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk um, mm-hmm. th- in truth. And that's been my like l- parenting life versus just holding on to that. That that's the joy that I work for every day is to know that one day if they walk in truth, that will be the reward. So it's been a journey, but I love to share it. It's, it's my heart of hearts. So
0: thanks for letting me come on and talk about it. Absolutely. And the book is so great because it not only does it have some of your own personal stories that we can, so many of us can relate to, mm-hmm. but you've got these great tips at the end of each chapter, mm-hmm. other books that you would recommend, mm-hmm. especially for whatever my particular, you know, challenge we're facing, we want to grow more in. So it is chock full of so Mm -hmm. many great resources. And I just appreciate Mm -hmm. your vulnerability (laughs) sharing your own stories. I can relate, you know, to some of those ups and downs. I I laughed at, you know, points, I (laughs) cried. And so I know that you're coming from a place of, listen, I've walked this path. And if Mm -hmm. I can share it, you Mm -hmm. talk early on about how we need to create a loving and encouraging environment. There's so many ways Mm -hmm. that we can do that. But I would love to just kind of first lean into how trust you you stressed is so important, creating this Mm -hmm. environment of trust. So I want to just, throughout the conversation, I want us to think of kids that are younger Mm -hmm. and then moving into teenagers. So whoever might be listening, um, whether you're a parent, grandparent, parent-to-be, I want us Mm -hmm. to hit on different ages. So when kids are young, Monica, how can we intentionally develop trust even from Mm -hmm. a young age? Yes. Great
1: question. And, and I do love that you mentioned, I've heard from so many people that are like, this is just as much for girls as boys. So there's a few places throughout the book that we get boy specific, but yes, on this topic of trust, whether you're raising sons or daughters, it is essential. And, you know, when we have young children, babies, there, there's this natural trust that a baby has for a parent who's who's providing for their needs. When they're hungry, we feed them. When they cry, we mm-hmm. hold them. And so I feel like there, there's this real natural element to raising the young kids. But then as they grow up, I emphasize in the book that we really need to realize that it it takes more intentionality to develop that trust. Mm. And some of that is simply following through, doing what we say we're going to do, being who we say we are. And I know that can be tricky because it's so easy to, to promise something to a child and then your schedule changes, something changes and, and maybe you don't follow through and you think, Oh, they're just young. It's, it's not that big of a deal, but in their heart, you know, do I trust that mom is who she says she is? Do Mm. I trust that dad is? And that's been an ongoing conversation for us. Um, and then, uh, and then with that is, can they trust us to, if, if we're wanting to raise kids who love the Lord, if, if we're trying to instill faith in our kids, do they see that in us? And so number one thing we can do is, is to just have a sincere relationship, a sincere walk with God. And I always say, my husband and I have said many times that there's just this built in accountability when you're an apparent, when you're a parent that is actually so good and so helpful because Mm -hmm. though we all have a tendency to maybe get lazy or to slack in certain areas, it's like, if we know that we've got little eyes watching us, if we know that we are responsible to represent what it looks like to have a relationship with God hopefully that will help keep us on our toes and you know the last thing you want to do is to be a hypocrite to your own children mm. you are their primary example of what it means to love and walk with God so for me that's been a, a high calling a standard that I've really tried to raise up to uh, and then as they get older there's there's so many practical ways we can build trust but certainly in the world we live in today there's things like How do how do we talk about our kids? What do we share with our friends? Are we sharing stories Mm. that they would be embarrassed about? Are we posting pictures? Just today as we're recording, it's one of my son's birthdays. And I posted a picture I had taken when we were FaceTiming because I love, as we're talking, I'm always like, oh, I just love him. And I snap (laughs) little pictures while we're FaceTiming. And I posted it and I immediately thought, what if he doesn't like that picture? So yeah. I texted him and said, Hey, take a look at my Instagram. Give me a thumbs up on that. Otherwise I'll totally remove it and find a different photo. But I think we often just post silly pictures of our kids and they're like, that's embarrassing mom. Yeah.
0: So are we earning their trust in practical ways as they grow up? That's so good. And I think sometimes as parents, we think, Oh, I, I shouldn't have to earn their trust. You should have to mm-hmm. earn mine. I am, mm-hmm. but it's just that paradigm shift a bit to think, listen, the more that they trust us with consistency, like you mm-hmm. said, with authenticity, I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, it's a cringeworthy moment. It's not <laughs> entirely my fault, but my husband yeah. and I passed her. And so he, on Sunday morning was sharing a story about how just like kids get our, our Physical DNA, they also, like you're saying, mm. model by behavior. They learn mm. some of these things are learned behaviors, is what yeah. his point was. And he threw up a picture of our family, but he had not run it by my son. Yeah. So my son's in a different state right now. He's watching online and he was so mad. He's like, I actually oh. listening. I was so mad you put that picture up. And I said, Oh, it's such a great picture of you. But then I stopped mm-hmm. and thought, you know what? He didn't like it. And I said, Well, mm we should have asked you if that was okay to mm-hmm. use that picture or maybe found a different picture that you like better so mm-hmm. maybe we don't instantly think to do that we think well we're the mm-hmm. parent or whatever oh, yeah. but Definitely. that trust can be eroded and if we would think am mm-hmm. i really do i want to earn their trust i want them yes. to see consistency in me and just mm-hmm. the fact that we cared that i'm so sorry that bothered you that we posted you know I and mean, we can't yeah. undo it right. but the awareness of it can go a long way mm-hmm. and the recognition you know it's a mm-hmm. moment we can all learn from so yeah I appreciate that. It's just like, hey, let's just thinking from the ground floor that there's got to be a level of trust that's being established across the board. You say this kind of if love and trust and respect are building the foundation for our relationship with our sons, then grace is the glue that holds them all together. I love this chapter talking about grace. So Monica, what has parenting with grace looked like for you? Right. Oh, grace is just such a big,
1: uh, big, big topic. And I think for us as moms, you know, the first thing I'll mention is, is we just need to give ourselves grace. I think we so often just set a standard for ourselves That's unrealistic. We want to be the perfect mom, the perfect homemaker, the perfect cook. We want to do all the things we see everyone else doing. And so I think there's that place of just extending grace to ourselves. And I think that's important because, well, because we need it, but also because our kids are watching. And if we're setting unrealistic standards for ourselves, that's going to be really hard for them to think, well, then what hope do I have? You know, my mom's, they, they always think we're more perfect than we are, especially in the early years. And so that gives them unrealistic expectations for themselves. But even more in the parenting department is extending grace to our kids. I mean, my goodness, do we remember what it was like those, those awkward middle school years. There's, there's, I would not want to revisit that. I'm looking at my 12 year old and his teeth are all, you know, and I'm like, I remember being (laughs) in that stage of life and it's hard. And so I think just, um, trying to, be mindful that there's they're a work in progress, they're still growing up, they're they're gonna fall. And what better place for them to fall down and make some mistakes and go through some awkward times than in the safety and security of their own home? That's so good. we want to remind them and 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 use those moments that they need, grace, to really point them to the cross and say there's a reason that Jesus died for us. We needed that. We are all desperate for that. And look at this moment we're facing. You made a mistake. It's not the end of the world, but let's use that to bring us closer to Jesus and why we need him. So so I think grace is just a conversation that should be really
0: um, threading throughout our days, throughout our conversations. I love that. And you don't mean by that, because you you clearly go on to explain, listen, I don't mean grace is is a catch-all for everyone can just do whatever they want. And there's no consequences and no responsibilities. In fact, I kind of wanted to even talk about, you have a whole section on boundaries and expectations. And so I want to read a little bit of what you said there, because you wrote a blog post, you mentioned it earlier in in our Mm -hmm. conversation that resonated with millions of moms. Mm -hmm. And you said this in my blog post, what a teenage boy needs most from his mom. That's the one that so many people Mm -hmm. obviously needed. You wrote this in that blog, our boy Always need to know what is absolutely okay and what is absolutely not. They may resist rules, but deep down they feel safe when there are clear cut rules without exceptions. Make them clear and consistent and have absolute consequences in place for when they break rules. Boundaries equals security. So let's talk about the other side of the coin where grace is, okay, you messed up. I love you. Let's talk about it. Let's keep this open conversation, but there have to be boundaries. There's Mm. rules here and rules are part of God's grace and mercy for us as well. Otherwise we would just be all... You know, running amok and we know what happens when (laughs) that happens. It's not a pretty picture. So rules and restrictions are there for his protection of us because he's a loving God. Mm. So let's talk about this other angle and that's boundaries. And what Mm. did that look like for you? And what encouragement do you have for us that maybe struggle with that? Oh, that's so important and something I am truly so passionate about.
1: And, and like you, I think I have the perspective now of having older kids Mm. who will tell me, I'm so thankful that you said no, that you gave me limits, even when I pushed and begged and I thought I knew better, uh, I, I just think that we're living in a time where there's just a lot of moms feel a pressure to be their kid's friend. Mm-hmm. They want to win their affection. Yeah, that's And crazy. my 18 year old was on a podcast episode with me back a while ago. And and he was talking about how he has friends whose moms have just worked really hard to be their kid's friend. And he said, I, I understand that, that their hope is that they would have this great relationship. And he said, but it absolutely works the opposite. Yeah. He said that kids do not respect their moms. Yeah, They walk all over them and yeah. they, they really grow up instead of having a healthy relationship. It really does damage. And so he says, as much as I don't like it, when you say, no, I know it's the best thing for me. And, and I do believe, and it's been proven through research, just that, that kids feel secure. They, they crave they don't know what they're doing yet right and <laughs> when they're whether they're elementary age or as they get older they're still trying to figure things out and so even when they act like they think they know what they're doing they don't but they have this mom and dad that mm. if the, if we can let them know what our boundaries are we're not going to get it perfect all the time but in this case we're going to say this is okay to do this is not okay to do maybe there's a friend that we're just going to say this is tough but we're not going to let you hang out with them right now because we see the direction their life is going and it is not good. And right. we love you so much. And we believe that the power of influence is you know, going to shape you. So we're going to say no to this. And it's because of our love for you. They actually feel more secure when you can offer them that one firm line and stand on it and not budge. It just makes them know that, somebody out there knows what's right and wrong and that they can trust us. So it's a tough one. Boundaries are tough, but, um, but I think, I think kids do crave them at all ages from the, from the young years, all the way through the teenage years, even when my college boys will ask for something and mm. we'll be like, you know what? We just don't feel good about it. You know, we're, you're an adult now, so we're going to let you make the call. But they almost always come back and say, you are right. I'm so glad I trusted you. Mm. You have wisdom that I don't have yet. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's so insightful because like you said, they don't know what they don't know. So it, right. it can be tough to draw a line and maybe the boundaries are tighter when they're younger. Mm-hmm, we had mm-hmm. a great counselor once tells us that when the kids are younger, or even up until they're still in your home, basically it starts to shift in those teenagers, but you are the authority. And you mentioned mm-hmm. that at one point in the book, and that shifts to being in a position of influence, but these, but what, when we, as parents, Try to be friends early on. Then we're blurring Mm. all those lines between authority, and our culture has such an unhealthy relationship Mm. with authority. We either don't respect it, or it's just you know why don't we get in the weeds? But authority, authority is misunderstood or it's not valued, uh, Mm -hmm. even the way it was maybe ten or twenty years ago. So um, it's almost. Encouraged to push back against authority now. So Mm -hmm. to even model, no, listen, authority is there for your good. You may not Mm -hmm. always agree with everything. Think about David and Saul. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was under Saul's authority, even though Saul was a terrible leader. And even when he had opportunities to take him out, I mean, he almost did at one point and then he felt guilty. He's like, I really, I should not have done that because amazing. He's still whose God has put in authority. And so there's Mm -hmm. positional authority that was given there that although Saul was not acting within the framework of what that kind of leader should have done. He still Mm -hmm. had authority and David acknowledged that. So, you know, even David's later comes back and says, you know, is there someone left in Saul's line that I can bless? And that's when he blesses Mm -hmm. Mephibosheth, who has nothing Mm -hmm. to offer. So that shows David's character. Like I'm going to do the right thing because it's the right thing. Not because this person deserves me necessarily treating them with Mm -hmm. authority, but that is the position that God is entrusted to them. So when we think about authority younger, then that shifts to influence as they get older. When we try to just be maybe an influence and maybe a friend, then Mm. what I've seen Monica in the ministry all too often is parents who were way too lax early on. And all of a sudden they hit trouble at like 13, 14, 15, and then they're trying to like, lay down the law and, you know, tighten the reins. And we've just seen it over and over. Like it's Mm -hmm. almost too late. Like you you kind of reversed that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. now that you need to tighten it, there's so much resistance. And then the people get frustrated or exasperated Mm -hmm. or the relationship just goes south. One of the things we try to say in those situations is, at all costs, keep lines of communication open. Like I've talked to parents. I'm like, I just, he just never talks to us. He just goes to his Mm -hmm. room and shuts his door. We haven't talked to him in a week. And Mm. like my heart sinks, like me too. he's 15 or 16 and he's Mm. in your home and Mm. you're not speaking. So that's really kind of off of what I was going to ask you next. But now that we're just kind of sitting there, like I'm sure you've encountered that. I'm sure you've talked to moms who feel that. So what is your counsel if someone's listening, going, that's me, like I... I Maybe I didn't do it all right. None of us are perfect. So there's no yes. shame here. We're not, we're not shaming. Yes. There's no judgment. But if you find yourself thinking, now I realize. there weren't enough boundaries and I can't get a handle on this or my child won't even talk to me. What do you suggest in those difficult seasons, Monica? Sure. Yes. And unfortunately, this is a story I hear all
1: too often. And, and I've confessed even in boy mom that my first three sons, because they were my full-time thing. And I, I really parented with intentionality in those early years my fourth son came six and a half years after my third son. Mm. And by then we were homeschooling. Uh, I was starting a blog. I had a whole lot going on. And so I say, even now, as he's 12 years old, we're working a lot harder than we did with the brothers at this age because we were more lax. We let a lot of things oh, I go. See. I think kind of assuming that he would pick up on it because his brothers were such good kids. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, if and there's you've done young this three kids-
0: times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So
1: anyone listening has younger kids. I just encourage you to, to really do the work now. However, It's never too late. God is a good God. His grace is abundant. But I agree with you. The key here is is that communication. And I would say that the best advice I have is to just let that son know um, or daughter, if it's the case, that I look back and realize I've learned more. I I'm human. I mean, they all need to know that we are humbly human. And I, mm. I have let some things go in this area of respect or boundaries, whatever it might be. And we're going to have to backpedal. And this is going to be hard. We're going to yeah. have to set some new, maybe you've given too much freedom with technology and we're going to now put some filters on, set some boundaries, time limits. It's going to be hard if they've already had the freedom but it is out of love that we're doing yes. this and you've just got to communicate. They may not get it at the moment. They may push back, but if you hold your ground and just really walk that line and say, this is because we love you in time, they're going to, I believe with all my heart, pretty much any kid's going to understand that this is out of love. That's and the and then you want to balance that by having a relationship that is also full of joy and love and mm-hmm. laughter. And so you don't want to just draw lines and set boundaries you also want to and that's why i focus so much on on the freedoms and and on the Fun things you can do to build that relationship because they're going to receive boundaries a lot better from you if you are someone they enjoy and they yes. feel enjoyed by and who is pleasant to be
0: around and so there's a, there's a beautiful balance there. I agree. I'm not the best cook. My husband's Italian and he cooks, so my kids uh, have great memories of him cooking. But they remember me planning trips or mm-hmm. a zoo or a trip to the Smoky Mountains or mm-hmm. Disney or whatever, and so. Um I think letting them see like you said fun and adventure and being mm-hmm. interested in what they're interested in. My son yes. went through a phase like he he just loved shoes and all these different shoes and mm-hmm. I didn't even know what he's talking about, you know. We didn't <laughs> listen to the same music anymore. But to ask them, like, what are you passionate about? Like, even if it's not your favorite thing, like you mentioned transformers at one point in the book, like, like just, just lean in because it matters to them. So Mm. the more they know that you, what matters to them matters to you because they matter because they matter then what they're interested in matters. And that just Mm. keeps that conversation. Like you said, communication open Mm -hmm. and and have fun. Yeah. Laugh, Mm -hmm. find my son will right. find the best memes and videos. Oh, and yes. We have a, we have the a, new a, language. But exactly. And We'll just yeah. go on that for a while. We have our own like inside jokes, you know, as a family yep. with my daughter too. So, yep. um, and I want to lean a little bit to faith because we've talked about some practical mm-hmm. things like grace and boundaries and, and, and just, you know, the practical elements of raising kids, but you are very intentional about nurturing faith and you have mm-hmm. a whole chapter of that. And you mm-hmm. say that one of the most compelling ways to do that is to model a mm-hmm. vibrant, Authentic faith. So maybe at different ages, what would you say are some of the ways that we can intentionally nurture faith when our kids are young? And then again, as they get older. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I know it's a common scripture to turn
1: to, but the book of Deuteronomy I think is always my best inspiration and example mm. for what it looks like, whatever age our kids are to just walk as a family through our days uh, with intentionality. And and that looks like talking about God's commands, God's ways, Mm -hmm. as we get up, as we walk along the street, when we lie down. And so when parents reach out and they're like, Oh, do you do family devotions or what devotional do you recommend? Sometimes i I think they're looking maybe for a quick fix, something we can check off a Mm -hmm. box that we can check and say, okay, we did devotions. Now we can hope our kids will grow up to love God. But I say really it's what's in our heart is going to come out all day long. And, and that's going to influence our kids more than any family devotion could now. Should you do family devotions? Yes, it's wonderful. We try (laughs) to, but, but most importantly is if you've spent time with the Lord, it's going to be on your heart and on your mind. And so talking about scriptures, they eat breakfast literally as you get in the car, um, being intentional about bringing things up and then also surrounding them by others who are good influences. And this is probably the greatest key as they hit those teenage years is kids hit a point where they need someone outside of mom and dad hmm. to show them what a life of walking with Jesus looks like and so that's where it is so worth it to seek out good good role models uh good youth groups good bible study groups and really plug your kids in it hasn't been negotiable in our family I, they go to youth group this is just yeah. what you do we have yeah. a good youth group at our church not all ch- you know i know that sometimes that's even a uh, not the best situation for kids to be in, depending on how big and how many other kids come in. But for us, that was a great place to plug them into. So really saturating them with God's word with, with prayer. I mean, we got to be praying for our kids, but as far as our interaction with them, talking about God very naturally and normally as he is a part of everything in our life, we need to talk about that. And we need to ask them questions and listen and not be too quick to uh correct them just hear them out let them feel like they have a voice
0: and and make it a a very just real authentic conversation in the family i love that and like you said church community mentors mm. we even have a whole section on character traits and mm-hmm. kinds of character traits that we should be not only exhibiting but but hoping to foster, so that's yes. super helpful. This is a mm. little different than the other things we've talked about. Before we close, I just really wanted to lean into this for a second because it, mm. it spoke to me personally. I loved your chapter on encouraging us to steward our children's identity and mm. passions and affirming their significance. I think that is so mm. valuable. Um, I told you I just recently returned from a missions trip to Costa Rica. We were chatting about it earlier, and I had three teenage boys on my team at one point, mm. and I just. It, really noticed this, like, what were they passionate about? What were they comfortable with? What were they uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Where is God using them and stretching them and, and how they just would open up and, and blossom, like literally in front of your mm-hmm. eyes when you could tap into that. So you write this as moms, and I'm going to say, as parents here, one of our key goals is to raise our sons, to have a secure identity, a self-worth that does not depend on performance, popularity, success, or fame. We need to recognize that in every human heart is a longing to feel significant, to be uniquely valued in a world that tends to make people feel anonymous and unnoticed. I mm. loved that. And I think maybe because mm-hmm. I grew up the first born of three girls and whether I don't, my parents did not intentionally mean for this to happen, but I adopted a very Mm performance-based mentality. I was a pastor's kid. I was the oldest. I was a musician. Everything had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So I brought that into my relationship with God. And I just Mm -hmm. thought the more I performed for him, the more he would Mm -hmm. love me. It took me years, Monica, Mm -hmm. to undo that wrong ideology about God and about myself. So maybe that's another reason this resonated is the earlier we can get our kids Mm -hmm. to understand you are uniquely created by God. You do not have to prove to him that you're worth loving and that you, you stress that us teaching that what they do does not define them, but what Mm -hmm. God says about them makes all the Mm -hmm. difference. I'm sure you've seen this with your kids being Mm -hmm. professional surfers and surfers in competitions Mm -hmm. where performance It's it's everything. So maybe just before we wrap up, what what would you share about that? Just to help us to make sure we we nurture their identity, their sense of significance from a biblical
1: worldview. Oh yes, I love this topic with all my heart. And and I think it your story is not unusual. Mm. So many of us have struggled with this. I I think it's just part of the human experience. Really, is is to struggle with our identity. And and I think the reality is is when we're raising kids to be great. Students or athletes, when they're pursuing any kind of a passion, they're gonna spend so many hours doing their thing yeah. that it's gonna be hard to counterbalance that. Uh, like my son who surfs competitively, he puts so many hours into surfing and there's such a focus on on you know winning and and getting sponsors and getting and social media plays a big role. Yeah. There's no way you can spend that much time talking about who they are in Christ, but you can do a lot. You can bring up literally daily that their value comes from God, that because they are children of the Lord, that they have eternal value, that they are forgiven and complete and redeemed. And we can, we can quote scripture and tell them so much so that they're going to act maybe annoyed and be like, yeah, mom, I know you've told me all this. (laughs) And yet, like I say in the book, my boys have told me that when they hit those teenage years or even early teens, tweens, when they started to struggle with their identity and they started to feel insecure and they started to compare themselves with others and, oh my goodness, social media comes into the picture and there's just so much difficult stuff there. But they would hear our words come back to them and they would remember, wait, why do I have value? It may not feel like it right now, but I believe in a God who loves me unconditionally, who loved me enough to send his son to die for me. And so sometimes we feel like we are just broken records, saying some simple things over and over, but oh my goodness, don't stop because they need that. They need it desperately. They need it in high school. They need it in college. My son, who's a, a professional surfer now, you know, I just had him on my podcast talking about he, he won the world championships recently. Oh, wow. So that was huge in El Salvador, but he, um, he was talking about how that happened. And then he came home and he entered a really important contest and he lost in the first heat. Oh, wow. And he said, this is why you cannot put your hope in any win or any loss because That's it's true. always going to be changing. And you might be a straight A student, but. One day you might get that bad grade or you might have a lot of followers on social media, but you're going to get some comment. And so if you base your identity on anything that's shifting and changing, it is so unsafe. So you've got to just return and return and return to the truth of what God says about you and hope that it's going to help counterbalance because there's a lot of voices in the world that want to give our kids labels and identities. and, And you just have to keep returning to
0: what's true. That's so good, Monica. And that applies to anybody sons, Absolutely daughters. Absolutely. <laughs> that was a word for all of us yes. tonight. I was like, yes. yes, and yes, and yes. So, yeah. because we know, Monica and I know, parenting is hard. You know, uh. I have young adults now, and I'm like, where's the young adult manual? So, yeah. you know, it's not <laughs> easy. Everyone thinks that, oh, the terrible twos are the worst. And then it's, oh, the middle school is the And it's the teenagers are the worst. And it's the young adults. So, the, the point is, parenting is just hard. It's challenging. Yes. We get it. So, we want to provide you with resources that make this a Mm -hmm. little more, um, just a roadmap, some, some Mm -hmm. guides, some encouragement, some inspiration. So like Monica said, even if you have daughters, there's so much great truth in this book, Mm -hmm. boy, mom, but right here at the start of a new school year, listen, take a deep breath. Know that you're Mm -hmm. doing a great job. Moms, Mm -hmm. dads, grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, We see you, you matter. Your life Mm -hmm. matters. What you're doing to pour into lives of your kids matter. Mm -hmm. So Monica, how can they get a copy of Boy Mom? Where would Mm -hmm. you like them to go to connect with you? And I know you have free resources there on your Mm -hmm. website. So is that where you'd like them to go is your website? Yes, the easiest place to find everything I do from the podcast to the book is uh,
1: monicaswanson.com. And right there on the homepage, If you scroll down to the bottom, there is uh, a resource that uh, is really fun that offers uh, lists of the best. Books, movies, Bible verses, and quotes to really inspire character in your kids. So that's a favorite. That's um, but fun. yes, also links to everything. And the book is on Amazon and pretty much
0: anywhere you find books. So thank you. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I love following you on Instagram. So go follow her uh, and just learn all the things. She's great. You get so many tips uh, there. She's going to pray for us in just a moment. But Monica, I always ask my guests one last question because you've inspired so many, literally millions and millions of moms to make their lives matter and to invest in the lives of their children? Other than Jesus, who in the Bible inspires you to make Mm. life matter? Oh goodness. This is such a great question. And I had (laughs) to ponder it. I was like,
1: Oh, where do I start? There's so many, but I think in light of uh, the work I do and, and the ministry I feel called to, I love to study Esther Mm. and just consider that, you know, she didn't set out to be, a queen or to be anything of notoriety or importance, but she just was walking faithfully wow. and um, doing the next thing put in front of her. And I just love that story of how God ended up using her in such mighty ways. And that's always been my heart is God. I don't want to seek to, you know, whether whether five people buy my book or 5 million people, I just want to be faithful to steward the things you've given me well. And so that's that's been my heart. And so I thought of Esther first when I read that question.
0: I love that. I I, I can see why. And Mm -hmm. one of the most important things we can steward beyond our own faith well is the lives of our children. So thank you Mm -hmm. for being a voice in our generation, Monica, that helps us to do that. Mm -hmm. We all need it. And listen, moms, dads, if you're listening and it is a struggle for you, just know that you are covered in prayer. We know that Mm -hmm. it's hard. Monica and I don't have time tonight to tell you, you know, all the, the dark side of things. We've all had (laughs) nights that we cried ourselves asleep and we're like, Oh, is this thing going to turn out? Okay. And, um, but God is faithful and he sees Mm -hmm. what you do. Um, just keep praying, keep believing Mm -hmm. that God is greater. Um, maybe you're in the middle of a prodigal situation. Just know Mm -hmm. that this is not the end of the story and that what you have invested is not for nothing and that God Mm -hmm. sees and he knows. And so we just want to speak life over you, especially as you start this new year. If you've got littles, take time for yourself, take a deep mm-hmm. breath and just um and go get a copy of Boy Mom. Is it mm-hmm. on audiobook too? If moms, I know it moms is. are busy, they could be listening to it on yeah, their TV. I got to read it myself. So I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So if you're an audiobook person, go mm-hmm. listen or read whichever way and 14 chapters, each one just a unique, different dynamic of raising sons. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you're a grandparent. You want to gift that to a, Mm -hmm. to your daughter or son, it's going to really bless them. So Monica, thank you so much for sharing Mm -hmm. your expertise and just your story here on the make life better podcast. I would love for you to pray over our listeners Mm -hmm. as we close our time.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for everyone listening. Thank you, God, for just bringing them to this particular episode. And I, I pray, God, that you would just give each of us the strength we need um, to, to parent well. Lord, we're not going to get it perfect, but by your Holy Spirit, I know that you will guide us, that you will give us the wisdom and the discernment, whether we're dealing with issues of faith or character, uh, technology, all the different topics. That are being covered in this series lord i pray that you would just fill us up with your holy spirit that we might have insight and wisdom to what our kids need most, that we would set those boundaries, even when they're hard. And for those listening that might need to backpedal a little bit and, and set some boundaries that they wish they had set earlier. God, I pray for courage. I pray for, for strength to do hard things, which we need to do as parents. I pray for all the kids represented um, by those listening. I pray God that you would Just draw them to yourself, that you would use their parents and others in their lives to speak life, that they would know that their identity is first and foremost in Christ, that they would really grasp that. Despite all the messages the world throws at them, I pray that they would grasp that understanding that they are children of the most holy God and that that would define them and that would help them stand strong against temptation and against things that could hurt them or cause them to stumble. So God, in in the midst of this season of raising up kids, weary times perhaps for those raising young kids, um, maybe maybe some times of, of insecurity or, or fear as kids grow up, God, I pray that you would just give us a boldness and a courage and a strength to continue to pray, to continue to talk, have the conversations we need to have, and to just parent well for your glory and trusting Lord that if we do not grow weary in doing good, that we will reap a harvest in due season. It may not be yet, but in due season, we will. So we thank you in advance for all that you're doing. And we uh, just pray we would glorify you in our parenting in Jesus' Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at Angela Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. until next week. Let's make life matter.